Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. How difficult it will be for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God, Jesus said. And the disciples were amazed at his words. What Jesus said amazed his disciples. It should amaze us as well. What did he mean that it will be hard for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God? Isn't our goal on this earth to gain wealth? Isn't our goal to save our money so that we can have a decent retirement? And maybe if we haven't used it all up before we die, give some of it to our kids. Or maybe our favorite charity. Doesn't our happiness depend on how much wealth we have? Isn't that what we've learned from a very young age? Then how can our earning money in this life make it hard for us to get into eternal life? I've shared this before, but I remember uh, daydreaming of being rich when I was in college. I had myself convinced that it would be a very, very good thing for me to have a lot of money. It, it, was, it was a fact. It was going to be good for me to get it. <laughs> I told myself if I had a lot of money, I would do something like set up a children's home that was Christ-centered and offered hope to the less fortunate. But the funny thing about my vision is that I always pictured myself with a giant house, huge, to help facilitate the mission, of course. And I would drive a Lincoln or a Jaguar because I'd be doing a lot of traveling for the mission. Yeah, I had a lot of dreams. And of course, they would all benefit others. At least that's what I kept telling myself. Thankfully, I did not get all that money. I have a feeling that if I had that money, I would be a lazy man. I think that I would disappear from the world of service into the world of being served. I think that I would have, I would have harmed myself and I would not be living the life that God has called me to live. God knows me better than I know myself. He knows you better than you know yourself as well. And my guess is that a number of us here this morning have spent our time daydreaming about what good we would do with a few extra bucks. Now, there is lottery fever going on in the land right now. I don't know if you've watched the news or saw on Facebook or anything, but the Mega Millions jackpot is up to, does anybody know? $1.6 billion. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of good we could do, right? If I only had this amount of money, then I could pay off this or buy that, and I'd be in the clear, I would be on easy street. 
I've also heard people say, if I win the lottery, of course, pastor, I would be giving to the church. Now, I don't think University Lutheran needs 1.6 billion, uh, maybe only 1 billion, I don't know. But you see this wishing and hoping, you see, see it for what it really is. It is actually making money into a God. It's actually breaking the first commandment. It is saying, I will be okay if I have this shelter. A shelter that only God is supposed to provide. This is what happened to the rich young man that was in our gospel last week. In fact, our gospel today picks up right after that. And we still have this picture up this week because... I love the look in the, in the young man's eyes. It shows how he's torn between the God of money and the God, that God that he worked so hard for and the only true God that he could do nothing to gain. If we are tempted to think that money would solve our problems, which, I have news for you, we all are. We're all tempted to think this way. Jesus gives us another warning. He says, children, how difficult it is to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. This statement shocked the disciples for two reasons. First, Jesus said it's difficult for anybody to get into heaven. Rich or poor, it doesn't matter. Notice at the beginning of this statement, he said how difficult it is to enter the kingdom of heaven. And second, Jesus said that for a rich person, it would be easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle. The rich person is very tempted to believe this. They are tempted to believe and a lot of Purdue graduates become wealthy in the, in the eyes of the world. You will be tempted to believe that you have earned your wealth because of your hard work. And because of that, you will be tempted to believe that you have earned autonomy. Meaning, you're self-reliant, not needing anybody else. The disciples asked Jesus what we might be thinking then who can be saved? I like this next verse. It says, Jesus looked at them. I can just imagine what that look would be like. The disciples are nervous and wondering how they can be saved. And then the very eyes of the only one who could save the disciples was now gazing upon them. You see, the answer for their salvation was not in themselves. It was going to be earned for them by the very person that was now looking at them. Doesn't that give you chills? It gives me chills. Jesus looked at them and said, With man it is impossible but not with God. For all things are possible with God. 
He was sharing with them that in order for anyone to be saved, they need the gift of Jesus. No camel can pass through the eye of a needle. That's impossible. But with Jesus, we who sit in this church, we who are richer than the disciples ever would be, we get to go to heaven. We are rich, my friends. You may say, well, I'm a poor college student. I don't have anything. But we can talk. We can text or voice chat with anybody around the world in a matter of seconds using these pocket computers that used to cost as much as a house. We can walk into grocery stores that are stockpiled with more food than any of us in West Lafayette could ever eat. We are rich. We ride around in motorized vehicles or on Bird scooters? What are those things called? <laughs> those things look dangerous. <laughs> I saw one person, one person told me they're way faster than you think. We can fly around the globe in one day. While it took the disciples days to travel 30 miles. We are so rich. We are so rich that we hardly ever think about our need for God. as Our days are too busy. Jesus said it would be easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than for us in this room to get into heaven. And yet, the impossible, it is made possible through the one who loved you enough to give up heaven and come to earth. Because of Jesus, we rich people experience the impossible. Good things in this life and the promise of life to come. We are truly blessed. And yet, for some reason, we still struggle with the ninth and tenth commandments. That is, we want more than we have. Or we go to the opposite extreme and we feel guilty about our wealth. I have a friend that said, he's, a, he's an engineer at uh, General Motors, and he said, I'm embarrassed by how much money I make. Whatever our lot in life, we tend to think that we should be somewhere else. But the fact of the matter is, you are right where God wants you to be. He has called you to this place this financial position or financial disposition to do with you what he wills. He wills to save you through your sharing. Or he wills to save you through others sharing his word with you and he wishes to save others through your sharing of the word with them. Wealth or lack of wealth can be used to turn a person to God. A wealthy person can learn about God in this way, by giving. I say this because God is wealthier than all, and he gave all that could be given to us. He gave his only begotten son. And Jesus says to us this day, this is my body 
given for you. There is no holding back from the wealthiest of all, our God. And through our receiving of him in word and sacrament, we find ourselves giving as he gave to us. You can't keep receiving without it bubbling over. Even David, who had nothing, says, My cup runneth over. This was something that the rich young ruler was unwilling to do. He did not trust that the gift of Jesus, and therefore he felt if he gave up his money, he had nothing. And don't worry, if you consider yourself to be poor, you can still relate to God as well. Because Jesus, though he was equal with God the Father, counted himself as nothing. He was homeless as an adult. He could have earned a lot of money, Jesus could have, with teachings and miracles. I mean, he could have set up a shop and gained a ton of money. But he didn't. He did not amass an earthly wealth. He worked to become our food. You hear that? He didn't work for food. He worked to become our food that endures to everlasting life. He died for our sins wearing nothing but a loincloth and a crown of thorns. You see, even the poor have a God who lived like they do. No matter what our position in this life, We have a God who is identified with us in all situations, yet without sin. Jesus is Emmanuel. He is God with us in our wealth. He is God with us in our lack of wealth. Peter realized this, or maybe I'm giving him too much credit, but it seems like Peter was trying to piece together what Jesus was telling him. He thought to himself, well, I can relate to Jesus. I I left my home just like he did. In In fact, he could think, I left all to follow him. Realizing this, Peter began to say to him, we've left everything and we've followed you. The part that Peter was missing was that his obedience, and I want you to realize this too, your giving You're leaving everything to follow Jesus. It does not earn a second in heaven. You can't earn it. Jesus' call to follow, Jesus uh, calling Peter to follow him, Peter would not earn heaven by that following. For if we're honest, Judas also left everything to follow Jesus. Peter would eventually learn and teach that only a trusting faith in Jesus who died for our sins saves. That's it. But Jesus was gracious with Peter and he said this, Truly I say to you, there is no one who has left house, brothers, sisters, mother, father, children, or lands for my sake and for the gospel who will not receive a hundredfold now in this time Houses, brothers, sisters, mothers, and children, lands, and persecutions, and in the age to come, eternal life. 
Now, not everyone is called to leave family and friends for the sake of the gospel. There may be a man here today, I don't know, uh, who God is calling into the office of the ministry. That may be. But that is not everyone's calling. Most of us are called to other things. And we abide in Christ and His gifts where we live. Right now you're at college, and where are you? You're gathered around Christ and His gifts, abiding in Him even even as you're living uh, at college. But for me, I personally like these verses a lot. It tells me that Rose and I, my wife and I, are not alone, even with our family and friends living very far away. Not only do we have eternal eternal home in heaven because of Jesus. Our daughter was even baptized at this font. We have a house in West Lafayette. We have brothers and sisters under this roof. That is what you guys are to be to us. And that is what we are to be to you. We have left our families for the sake of the gospel. And yet, if we're honest, things are very good for us. Because here we are, and Jesus is with us. No matter what your situation, things are good for you as well. And you might say, I disagree. Things couldn't be worse for me right now. I bombed a test last week. I'm stressed about a test this week. But you know what? Even when things are bad, you know where you are. You are in the perfect place. We are in a place where we can turn to Jesus and be saved. It may seem impossible, but with Jesus, all things are possible. I once heard a song that said, went something like this. It was a prayer to Jesus. I can't see where you're leading me, except you've led me here, to the place where I'm falling on my knees and giving you control. Yes, what a friend we have in Jesus. He is the miracle. He is the key that opens the door for us rich people to get into heaven. We rely on him to open a door that we could have never even hoped to have opened on our own. Our happiness depends on him, no matter what the size of our pocketbook is. He is our all in all. And now may the peace that surpasses all understanding guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus until he returns for you. Amen.